Standing all over. Jesus. Hear me when I say this. Yet again, you you cannot approach spiritual things with the natural mind. You cannot bring your carnality into spirituality. I'll say it again because you missed it. You cannot bring carnality into spirituality. And I repent for every pastor, leader, apostle, bishop, prophet, pastor, evangelist. Prophet that had mixed carnality with spirituality. And have caused you to miss God because now you can't trust the man or the woman of God because they mixed their carnality with spirituality. So now you can't hear what God has to say based upon what a man has said. Oh, I don't need church. I don't trust. All men of God are pimps in the pulpit. The devil is alive. My pimping got laid off at the post. <laughs> Y'all missed that. When I got set free by the blood of Jesus, I was no longer a pimp. My lion got laid down at the feet of Jesus. My criminal mindset got laid down. Why? Because of the blood of Jesus. I've been washed and purged. So there may be some pimps in the pulpit, but not here. Not here. There may be some whoremongers in the pulpit, but not here. There may be some homosexuals, but not here. So you cannot mix carnality with spirituality. Now I come to you now. When this word come to you, don't let your carnal mind block out what God is saying spiritually. And every time you darken those doors, lay your mind at, uh, at the door. You know how you have a coat check? We're going to have a mind check. And it would behoove you to leave it there and lost and found. that once you put it down don't pick it back up I'm in the book now he says and this mind of Christ shall be also in you so there has to be a divine exchange your mind for his mind now I'm going to go ahead and submit this to you as well you can go ahead and take your mind back if you want to if you want to go ahead and live in that foolishness, go, go right ahead. Say, Christ, your mind is good, but I, I want mine back. Uh, yeah, yours is good, but can I have mine back? So if you're foolish enough to do so, then go right ahead. But don't bring your carnal self into a spiritual battle that your flesh can't win. Don't bring your corner 
obedience to a spiritual battle that will do you no good. Put your mind down. Tell your neighbor, put your mind down. 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 The word of God, here's a spiritual truth. The word of God in my mouth will accomplish what God intended. <laughs> See, your corner mom just tried to catch up with you. The word, I didn't say my word in my mouth. The word of God in my mouth will accomplish all that God has intended. So when I speak his word from what he said, then he is sure enough to accomplish everything that he said through my mouth. And it shall go forth and accomplish everything that it was sent forth to do and it won't return unto him void. So I got to fill my mouth with his word. So catch it. I know you've been standing, but he's going to strengthen you. Catch it. So I'm not moved by what I see. I'm only moved by what he said about what I see. Now if I say to that which I see. What he said that I see. Then I will see what he said. And what he intended to be. Too much for you. So when the report of the enemy comes to tell me. That I have six weeks to live. I'm not moved by what I see. I'm only moved by what he said. When I look at my credit report and it's sub-zero, I'm not moved by what the papers say. I'm only moved by what the books say. So now I say what he said over what this says. And as I, hallelujah, glory to God. You was in the faith, boy. I stepped on them. I'm running to somebody. I'm not moved by what I see. <laughs> so I get God's word in my mouth. Grab Revelations while you're standing. Revelations chapter number three. Y'all hang tight with me for a second. I feel a roar, a roar coming. Revelations chapter number 3 verse number 7 grab 1st Kings chapter number 17 and verse number 1 we're going to forgo our faith declaration and in 1st Kings chapter number 17 verse number 1 watch what it says I can land the plane right here verse number 1 says now Elijah the Tishbite from Tisbe in Gilead said to Ahab as the Lord the God of Israel lives whom I serve look at your neighbor and say I serve the Lord there will neither be do nor rain in the next few years if you're not too spiritual and sanctimonious underline this last statement except at my word Woo! don't bring carnality into spirituality this is a spiritual thing. Elijah shut up heaven for three years at a spoken word. 
Are y'all reading what I'm reading? It says for the next few years. Except at whose word? Look at your neighbor and say you better have a word. Can I bless you with one more before we go? Are y'all looking at me? Oh yes, hurry up. Come on, pray for your neighbor. Say, strengthen their legs, Lord. Strengthen their legs. Now look at him again, dead in the eye. Say, if apostle can do it, you can do it. If he can stand, you can stand. I bless one more. You ever heard this statement? Time waits for no man. How many of you heard that? How many of you said that? Come on, you got to be honest. It's not a trick question. That's a fallacy. Time does wait for man. It waits for man with the word. Joshua's in the valley, battling. And Joshua looked up to heaven and prayed and said, Lord, hold back the sun that I may vanquish my enemy. God, I need you to stop time. They've got some devils and some demons that's got to bow. There's some giants that got to come down. And I need time to stop. Giants come down. Giants come down. Giants come down. And I need time. Yeah. Giants come down. 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 God will back what you say when you say what God said. <laughs> God will back what you say when you say what God said. He is faithful over his word to accomplish everything. When you say what God said, God says, I got, look at your neighbor and say, he got your back. Come on, stick your chest out with confidence and say, he got your back. He's, he's got your back. He's got your back. Giants come down. Yeah. 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 Yeah.
to speak faith, shut up. Until your mouth learns to speak faith, shut up. Now, offend your neighbor for a second. Go ahead and apologize on the front end. Say, I'm sorry, but not sorry. But tell him, shut up. Shut up. Oh, it's important because there's some things you're about to go through that your neighbor's going to come and they're going to chatter and yik yak in your ear that's going to try to prevent you from trusting and believing in the word of God. And you need to tell them to shut up. There's going to be some people that are going to call you and get on your phone and they're going to talk about this guy and the third what you're going through and you just need to tell them to shut up see that was just too radical for some of y'all but look at your neighbor and shout real loud in their ear just tell them shut up shut up shut up shut up Watch you move Shut up And watch you move Shut up Y'all sit down. It's the only way. Sit down and watch you move. <laughs> okay. All right. So it's been a month. Since I've been able to stand before you. And I don't know if you know, but I'm ready to run up out of this building. So being shut up for this long. And really just watching God move. And this time of sabbatical, just watching God move. In my family. In my body. Watch this all sabbatical. I spent three days in the hospital. Shut up and watch him move. Three days on a time of relaxing and refreshing. Three of those days we're in the hospital. Doctors come in, do a, a CT scan, can't find nothing. And think it's a pancreatitis. Not that. 
Thank you. Uh, appendicitis. What not? Thought that maybe my appendix had ruptured. No. Couldn't even find my appendix. Doctor asked me, "Say, have you ever had surgery before? No. Have you ever had your appendix removed? No. We can't see it. Shut up and watch you move. Shut up and watch you move. Watch you move. Shut up and watch you move. The first time guess is like, what in the world did I get myself into? What in the world is going on? I watched them on YouTube and they weren't like this. Okay, let's go. Amen. Thank you. Yeah. I, I just I just want to give you briefly a couple of things. I think it's apropos and very poignant for you to receive what the Lord has to say. Because these things, I believe it's going to take you a long way. Call them power things. Number one, write them down. I'm going to move quickly because I only want to keep you for only a few more minutes. Number one, prayer. Write it down quickly. Take notes because it's it's class time. You hear, you might as well take notes. You might as well take something home with you. Besides these new songs. Number one, prayer. Number two, protection and direction. Number three, provision. I'll give it to you again because some of you just started writing. Number one, prayer. Number two, protection and direction. Number three, provision. Number four, proclaiming. And number five is the key. It's presence. Look at your neighbor and say it's his presence. That's the key. So let's go number one. Number one, Matthew chapter number six, verse number six. says, but when you go pray, go into your room, close the door. In other words, shut the door. And pray to your father who is unseen. Then your father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. We, we try to skip and bypass prayer so often. We run into the house of God on a Sunday to get a word. We become word junkies. Church addicts. And we run to church because we, we need a, another fix. Come on, Pastor, give me another one. Last week was good. Can I have another word? Come on. Give me another one. And every week we run into the house of God and we come for a word. And we skip prayer. Prayer night is the most emptiest time of the gathering of saints. You may have three or four people who are passionate about the things of God and they come to prayer. And they'll be consistent and faithful. But large in part, you can't find people in prayer. Not understanding this principle, that the one that you encounter on a Sunday, as powerful and magnificent in its all splendor and majesty and all of his glory that you get to experience on the Sunday, is the same one that you get to experience in prayer. Matter of fact, it's intimate. 
It is colonia. <laughs> colonia is intimate time with God. And I don't have to worry about if my neighbor's singing in the wrong key in my ear. It's just me and God. And we miss out on prayer. When that's really the most powerful, prolific time that you'll ever spend. It's just you and God. Sitting with your daddy. Just you and he. Talking and discussing all the things that would be. Just you and him. Just you and him. Him telling you how much he loves you. How beautiful you are. How wonderful. How proud of you he is. I saw you struggling last week, but I'm still proud of you. I, I saw temptation come your way, but you turned the other way. I, I'm proud of you. I saw when they called you, denied that and declined that. No, that I saw you. I'm proud of you. I know you picked it up and you put it to your lips, but you didn't light it. I'm proud of you. I'm, I'm proud of you. I, I know you scrolled through the page and you looked and said, oh, no. I'm proud of you. You were surfing, channel surfing, and you began to gaze. He said, no. He said, I'm proud of you. I saw you. I saw you when no one was looking, and that wallet was left on the counter, and money was hanging out, and you could have took it, but you didn't. I'm proud of you. Oh, here it is. I know the thoughts you're having right now. I know what you're thinking. And you're wrestling in your own mind and your own thoughts. And you're fighting and saying, stop that. Get out of my head. Get out of my head. Shut up. I don't want to hear it. God says, I'm proud of you just for your effort. You saw those text messages on your husband's phone. I'm in the Holy Ghost now. You saw the instant message messages with another woman. But yet you're forgiving. Oh, y'all got quiet. I'm proud of you. That's what prayer would do. Give you that time with God so he can tell you all about you. But not only that, but give you strategies and plans on how to beat your enemy. That's what prayer would do. He'll show you things unseen so when you face them in the seen realm, you can deal with them. That's what prayer would do. It'll gird you up and strengthen you. Have you put on the whole arm of God. In that prayer time, he'll lace you up. Dress you up. In prayer time, he, he'll put the helmet of salvation on your head. He says, listen, I need you to cover your mind. And I got you. I got you. He'll put the breastplate upon. Right? I, I got you. I'll put the breastplate on. He, he'll. That's what prayer would do. Number one, prayer. Somebody shout prayer. It's in that secret place. It's in that secret place. It's in that secret place. Number two, I'm moving fast. Number two is protection. Protection. Isaiah 26 and 20 says this. Go, my people, into your rooms and shut the door. Now, hear me when I say this. I had you offend your neighbor, but that word shut up can be used in connotation in multiple ways. It can be used to offend people. Somebody say something you don't like, you tell them, shut up. But this word also, because American English uh, is so complex and difficult. It's probably one of the most difficult and complex languages on the face of the earth. But this same wording in a different connotation, in a different fashion, can mean something different. To shut up means to close and to resist or to restrain or to restrict. 
Now, we have this program here called Kingdom Ambassadors Leadership Academy. What are my ambassadors at? Okay. And I looked up this, this word in the Hebrew and in the Greek. But in the Greek, the word for shut is this word, K-A-L-A. It says Kayla, Kingdom Ambassadors Leadership Academy. And what makes that academy so powerful is because what the devil tried to restrict and restrain and stop you from doing, what the devil tries to shut you from being, Kayla looses you. The thing that he tried to keep you from, when you learn those principles, when you come through Kayla, you learn how to stand on your own to fight the enemy, to cross over. So, shut up. They, God says, go to my people, enter your room, shut the door behind you, hide yourselves for a little while until his wrath. Pass by. God wants to protect you. That's his desire. He don't want you to go out unprotected. He wants you protected. When you go out there, even when you go astray, even when you cross the line, God says, I got you. There's things you've done that you should have died over. But because of his grace and mercy chasing after you, running after you, when you ran fast, speed ahead, he was running after you. Can I say you'll never outrun God? And every time you even try to walk in darkness, you just seem to find God. Every little circle you come in, somebody just drop a dime about Jesus. And you're like, I'm not trying to hit it, I'm trying to get high. He's protecting you. Number three is provision. Second Kings chapter number four, verse 44 says, Then he sat before them and they ate and had some left over according, watch this, to the word of God. That's provision. Tell your neighbor that's provision. Now, remember I told you, you cannot bring your carnal mind into spiritual things. You cannot bring your carnal mind into spiritual things. Because logically, there's an account in the Bible of a woman who had a small cruise of oil. And the debtors were coming to come and take her sons. And because of a debt that she had, her husband had actually, that he left her when she died. I don't know why it is that when we die, we leave debt. Y'all get down the way home. Some of us are praying for death so we can escape the debt. That's okay. And, 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 and she had this bill, this debt coming. And so the man of God, the, uh, God sent a man of God with a word. Somebody shout a word. And he says, listen, this is what I want you to do. I want you to take this little small jar of oil that you have. And I want you to go to all your neighbors and borrow vessels, barrels, vats. I want, to, I want you to just borrow as many as possible you can. I, I want to tell you this. Remember I told you earlier? Catch this. Write this statement down right now. It's good with class. With class. Yeah. Yeah. Tell your neighbor, write this down. If you don't have a pen, tell your neighbor, write it for you and you'll get it from them later. Tell them to text it to you. 
Hear it. Your blessing is in proportion to your preparation. See, God. There's something special about y'all. There's a unique anointing on your life. You know, worshipers at heart. I see it. But you're like the Bereans, a studier of the word. Y'all desire more. You don't, you're tired of the milk. You want meat. But it's been a struggle finding that place. It's a struggle finding your identity and your purpose in God. But God's about to unveil and he's about to release some things in your life greater than before. I hear the Lord says he's taking the muzzle off. Quiet and demure, meek and humble, but you see more than others see. But yet you don't say for the fear. He's boosting your courage, giving your confidence back. I see you looking at yourself in the mirror and you're not happy with what you see. It's bringing your courage back and your confidence. Yeah, yeah. You're a writer. A ready writer. Wisdom beyond your age. I see manuals and scripts before you. I see you writing. You're a reader. You see books and books and books. And you glean knowledge and, and wisdom. You, you're a seeker of, 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 of greater. A seeker of knowledge. And I see you as a scholar. Hallelujah. He tells this woman, he says, take and go borrow a bunch of, go to your neighbors. And borrow as many barrels as vats as you can. Go, go, go and borrow as many. So your logical mind would think, he, he tells us these are the instructions. Write this down too, this is good too. Whenever you encounter God, God will always first give you an instruction. Before every miracle that will be performed in your life, it will always be preceded by an instruction. Blind man, go wash your eyes in the pool of Salaam. Lame man, take up your mat and walk. Ten lepers, go show yourself to the priest and give the, the reasonable sacrifice, the alms for your healing. He gives them an instruction, always instruction. Before the miracle. Why? Because God wants to see if you would first obey. Because I don't want to do nothing in nobody's life who's not going to be obedient to my instructions in their life. So if you can obey, then you can have whatever God has in the way for you. So, so he gives an instruction. Take this oil. I know it's not much. The Bible says a cruise of oil. It's almost like eight ounces. Eight ounces ain't a whole lot, right? And he says, pour into all of the vessels that you have borrowed. Now watch. Here's the instruction further. He says pour until the all finish. No. This right here what you got ain't enough to fill all that you borrowed. That's carnality. Logically Eight ounces cannot fill gallons. Logically. So he says, what I need you to do? I need you to pour, not until the oil runs out, 
But I need you to pour according to your preparation. If you prepare for much, you can receive much. If you, I'm in the book now. If you prepare for little, you're going to receive little. If you sow sparingly, you're going to reap sparingly. If you sow bountifully, you're going to reap bountifully. If you prepare for a lot, you're going to get a lot. And I need you to pour. Not until this run out, but I want you to pour until your preparation runs out. Now, here's the thing. I'm expecting God to do some big things. And this just ain't enough. I need God to do something big. I'm sorry, babe. I need God to do something big in my life. And give me that. I need him to do some big things in my life. And this ain't enough. It, it ain't enough. It, it ain't enough. I need. I, it ain't enough. See, some of y'all are about to really miss out. Cause watch, you're about to miss out on the spiritual blessing and the nugget. Now that which I borrow, when I borrow, I would have to return. So as God bless me, now I can be a blessing to the lender. So the more I have, the more I receive, the more I can be a blessing too. Y'all missing it, y'all missing it, y'all missing it. Some of you are going to go home because your corner mind say, oh, that's hype, that's propaganda. He's trying to pump and prime us. This is a spiritual principle. The more you prepare for, the more you receive. Test me, he says, if I would not open up a window and pour out a blessing one blessing that be more than enough to bless your entire generations that will come behind you pour until I just want to know every last one of these in the name abundance increase overflow abundance increase and overflow abundance and increase and abundance and increase and overflow in the name and to fill every vessel. Fill every vessel. Increase in the increase in the name of Jesus. Hatabosha. In the name of Jesus. Increase, increase, increase. And, and he says, I want to provide for you. But I need you to get your heart right. Your posture right. I need you to get ready to receive from the Lord because increase is coming but it's in proportion to your preparation what are you saying apostle there are some of you that come to church and you ain't ready for church oh I know it to be so because you full of stuff that need to be empty out so you can be poured into you come in here with trials and tribulations on your mind heartache and heartbreak you got an achy, breaky heart. And God says, I'm trying to heal and fill your heart, but you're just holding on to this broken stuff and you won't let go. I want to give you a new heart, but you're holding on to the old one. You better call Tyrone. I need some help to get this old stuff out of my house. I need to get this old stuff out of me. 
Because he cannot fill this house if the house is already full. That's, watch this. That's what Jesus told disciples when they came out there. He said the son of man had no place to lay his head. It wasn't the fact that he didn't have a house. Jesus had a house. Yes, he did. It was in Capernaum. And matter of fact, he had a house that he had to call State Farm to replace his roof because four men tore his roof off and lowered a friend down who was, who was sick. And, and so Jesus had a house. The Bible says that he went to his house. And the house was so packed. There was no room in. So four men ripped the roof off. Tell the roof off this month. Tell the, they, they tore the roof off. And, and Jesus, Jesus had to have a roof repaired because somebody tore the roof off of his house. So he had a house. But, but y'all misinterpret that, thinking that Jesus was poor and impoverished. It wasn't the fact that he didn't have a place to lay his head. It wasn't talking about that. He, as the head of the body, had no place to put his head. He is the head of the church, but the church was so out of whack. Jesus said, I don't have no place to put my head. I'm looking for a church, but I can't find the church. I'm looking for a place that I can be the Lord of Lords and the King of Kings, but I can't find the place even in the church. I don't have a place to put my head, my lordship, my leading. I'm looking for a place to place my head. And that's what it was. It wasn't the fact that he didn't have a house. Matter of fact, Capernaum was one of the richest cities. It was a merchant city. It was right on the port where goods and services flowed in and out. Money was exchanged. Go read your Bible. Oh, pastor preaching prosperity. Jesus had money. Now I'm just... Why was Jesus a thief? I mean, Judas was a thief if he had nothing to steal. A thief can't steal nothing. He ain't no thief if he ain't got nothing to steal. Anyway, that's for another day. So, here it is. Let me get back to the word. I told you I would keep you a couple minutes. Y'all right? So, so, provision, provision, provision. Uh, The next one, that should have said provision. The next one is proclaiming. This one is important. Proclamation, proclaiming. But if I say I will not mention his word or speak anymore in his name, his word is in my heart like a fire. A fire shut up in my bones. I am weary of holding it in. Indeed, I cannot. In other words, uh, Jeremiah was saying that every time I go to preach, people persecute me. and really, They come after me. And Jeremiah is weary at this time. He was a prophet and he had to proclaim some tough things to God's people. And they didn't like Jeremiah. I mean, they liked Jeremiah in 29 and 11. We all like him there. For God knows the plans that he has for me. We like Jeremiah then. But do you like Jeremiah when he says that you're going to be held in captivity for 70 years? And in bondage. And while you're there in bondage, I want you to serve the king in Babylon. I want you to serve. Yeah, they don't like that. They don't like Jeremiah when he's telling you the sin that you're in. You got to repent of your sin. Yeah, I don't like Jeremiah. We don't like Jeremiah there. We don't like Jeremiah there. We, yeah, we, we skip over that part, TJ. We don't like that part. But, but Jeremiah says that every time he go to preach, people persecute him. He was getting weary. He's like, God, I'm tired. Matter of fact, God, I'm not going to even mention your name. I'm not going to preach no more. I'm shutting it down, God. 
my itinerary is closed. I ain't traveling. I ain't doing no more conferences. I, I'm not taking no more preaching engagements. I'm done. But because the word of the Lord was like fire, Jeremiah says, every time I say I'm not, an inferno rages on the inside of me. Every time I try to shut my mouth about the things of Jesus, I feel fire. I feel fire in my bones. It's like it's, 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 it's a, a raging inferno on the inside of me that I got to say something. They try to muzzle my door. Jesus! You can't say Jesus here. Oh, I know, I know, I know. Jesus! You can't pray in here. I know, I know. I gotta go to the bathroom. Sorry. Hot top, baba baba, shake it, baba baba, and do some cold up. Rabande, baba, see ya, baba baba, hey, baba baba, baba, Lord God. Hallelujah, baba baba, shake it, baba baba, see. Oh, go to the bathroom. Bless you. Jeremiah prayed that. That was Jeremiah. Last, last one. Proclaim his number four. I'm going to give you last one. But before I give you the last one, catch this. Watch this. Acts chapter number 16, verse 17. She followed Paul and the rest of us, shouting, These men are servants of the Most High God, who are telling you the way to be saved. Paul is now on a preaching missionary tour. And as he's going through the city, there's a woman who is a, a soothsayer. I think her name was Sister Eve. She had a 1-900 number says you get a free prophecy. And this woman was a fortune teller, a soothsayer. Really, she was working the work of witchcraft. Now, catch this now. The gifts of God are without repentance. So the gift was from God. But the way she used it was not of God. So she had the gift. But it was misappropriated. It was misused. Uh, uh, the gifts of God without repentance. He gave you the gift, but the question is, is how are you going to use the gift? Who are you going to use the gift for? Are you going to glorify yourself or are you going to glorify God? Okay, y'all. God gave the gift. Okay, y'all going to get mad at me because this I know you like her. But God gave the gift to Beyonce. He gave the gift to Jay-Z. He gave the gift to Kanye. He gave the gift. Y'all, y'all don't like me right now. Question is, how are they going to use the gift? Every good and perfect thing comes from above. So it comes down in purity. But the problem is, it hits flesh and it is poisoned. So when it comes down, it comes down in its purest form and essence. But because your flesh is so corrupt, that once the gift hits you, it's tainted. 
Now, you can redeem the gift and say, God, I take this gift and I give it back unto you. God, take this gift that you have given me for your glory. God, I will sing unto heaven and to your holy throne so that you will be exalted in all the earth. That you would be glorified. That as I lift your name, God, you would be lifted high and draw all men unto you. God, I give you back the gift. And now that gift be used for God's glory. Or you can just deny God. And you can have fame and fortune and millions. But what profit a man to gain the whole world to lose his soul? Now the beautiful thing about giving your gift back to God that it's the gift that keeps on giving and it's the gift that once you put it into God's hands he multiplies it and gives it back unto you. Pressed out. Shaking together. Hand running over. And so shall men. Not only will it run over but men will come and pour into your bosom and even more. So not only what he gives you will run over but he's going to cause the hearts of men to turn in favor towards you and say here take some more. Here you go get here, take this too. So when you give it to him, he multiplies it back. That's the little boy with the fish and five loaves. Twelve baskets full. So you can take the gift and use it for you. And I speak to the younger generation now. Because this world right here has you so enamored. Has you so fixed for the glit and the glamour. And you're running after the shiny thing. Watch this. There's gold and then there's fool's gold. And you can't know the difference between the two until your skin starts turning green. <laughs> Some of you are green because you've been running after fools go. Okay, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm going to stay with the word. And, and so, uh, watch this. So she proclaims this and I'm done. I got one more and I'm done. So she proclaims this. So she's saying that these men. Now that would sound good to most people. That she, they have their own PR person. That's what this, uh, she's a witch by the way. Uh, that's what this witch, and we're going to kill the witch today by the way. Uh, so, so this witch is running behind them saying, these are the men that are telling everybody the way to be saved. Thank you for that. I appreciate you. You would think that would be a good thing because now everybody would come after them and say, man, oh, y'all know the way? Show me the way. But watch. Paul turns around, looks at this woman. And you know what he tells her? What's the title of our message today? Shut up. <laughs> she behind him for days. These are the men that is telling everybody how to be saved. Paul got frustrated and vexed. Turns around and looks at this witch. And he cuts her head off and says, shut up. You know why? Because you shouldn't allow the devil to announce you. Don't ever give the devil the privilege of announcing you to the world. Paul said, oh, no, no, no. I don't need you to do nothing for me. Shut up. I don't need you to do nothing because my name is already great in God's eyesight. Okay, I felt the religious spirit there. You know what God told Abraham? 
He said, I will make your name great in all the nations. God says, I'm going to make your name great. That's conceited. Could be. If your heart ain't right. If your intent and your motive is not right. He said, I will make your name great in all the nations. You're going to have a great name. You know why he was able to declare that over Abraham? Because he knew if he gave Abraham a great name. I'm killing these cameramen today. He knew if he gave Abraham a great name, he would make God's name even greater. Because watch this. He has a name that is above. Look at your neighbor and say, God wants you to have a great name. Come on, look at your and say, God wants you to have a great name. Because watch this. The greater your name becomes, the greater his name is. That's why you got to make sure your heart is right and your posture is right so you can receive from the Lord. Because as he exalts you, he is highly exalted. As he promotes you and everybody, everybody, as he lifts you up, he is lifting even higher. He'll give you platforms to stand on. Why? Because when they get there, you ain't going to thank your mama and your daddy. You look like Jesus. He said, if I be lifted up, I will lift all men unto me. And I don't need the devil to announce you. Because I don't want the devil to feel that they can. I don't want the devil to feel that they can have some value in you. They have some part to play. In your elevation. shut up now watch sometimes you're going to wrestle with this thing and you're going to be even in your own thoughts wrestling in your thoughts and you're going to really you're going okay thank you I'll go ahead and say that this right here all right some of you are wrestling right now in your own thoughts you're wrestling right now you're fighting in your own mind and here's the thing you got to learn how to do spiritual warfare sometimes you got to even fight yourself because your corner mind is in the enmity unto God is an enemy of God so in your mind right now you're fighting and wrestling with the things of God the word of God even as I'm talking now you're fighting and you're wrestling over this thing because sometimes it's not the enemy but it's the inner me Sometimes you got to talk to yourself when there's no one to talk to. I talk to myself. There ain't no one to talk to. And sometimes you got to talk to yourself and tell yourself. Matter of fact, do insert your name. Shout out, Keith. Yeah, tell yourself to shut up. Because when God sends his word, you can't allow anything to hinder or to block the receiving of that word, even your own mind. Come on, tell yourself, say shut up. So don't allow the devil to announce. And the last one, 
His presence. Here it is. John chapter 20 verse 19. On the evening of the first day of the week, the disciples together with the doors locked, the doors shut. For fear of the Jewish leaders, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. The doors were shut up, locked up. And Jesus came in with his presence. And watch what he declares. Peace is now with you. (laughs) Y'all missed that. He is the Prince of Peace. And he says in that moment where you're having this kononia, this intimate time of fellowship with me, I present peace to you. My presence is my peace. I'm just waiting for you to get shut up. Matter of fact, I'm waiting for you to shut up. I'm done. Watch this. I do this exercise when I do premarital counseling and counsel with with married couples and couples who are struggling in their relationship. And I have cards with on these cards, index cards, and on these index cards is a bunch of negative words. Negative words. And I would flash it to the couple one at a time. And I would say, take this negative word and pronounce it in a positive way over your significant other. Words have power. But how can we take what the devil meant for evil? So one of the words I have like divorce. Because divorce is an ugly thing. Can I tell you something about divorce? The Bible says, and these two shall become one. So when one thing is pulled together, in order to take it apart, you have to rip it. I feel the Holy Ghost. Somebody in here today contemplating divorce. Divorce is a painful thing. Because once he puts you together as one, the only way for you to be taken apart is to be ripped. Now, if I were to rip you in half, (laughs) say a little louder. You would die. There's death in divorce. Your heart is ripped apart. Your lungs, the air you breathe, you can no longer breathe anymore. The blood that flows through your body can no longer flow. Because you've been ripped apart. So how can we use divorce in a positive way? Lady T left. Because I felt romantic. Because if she was here, I would tell her, I will divorce the thought of ever losing you. I will divorce the thought of never ever loving you the way you need to be loved. I divorce the thought of walking away from your presence. I divorce the thought of not being your king, your provider, your protector, your lover, your confidant, your friend. I divorce the very thought. Divorce the thought. Divorce the thought. 
I divorced the thought. I divorced the thought. Can't live without you. I divorced the thought of ever even conceiving that idea. Divorced the thought. Because it's his presence. It's his presence. God, I want more of your presence. All standing in this place. Can I say something to you guys over here? This section through the whole time I saw a no fly zone. Y'all, no fly zone. It's like, Lord, don't come this way. I don't want to be exposed today. Don't send them this way, God. Don't show them this. Don't show them that. <laughs> I'm moving. And what God wants to do is bigger than what you perceive. This is the word of the Lord I hear. Thank you, Holy Spirit. That the dark time that you're experiencing right now, the darkness is not doomed to come. You're walking in the shadow, not of the valley of death, the shadow. You're walking in the shadow of God. So the darkness over you right now is really God's presence. And you're trying to pray away the darkness. And God says, it is not darkness. You're hiding in the wings, in the shadow. I'm covering you and I'm keeping you. It is my shadow that's overshadowing you. I got you. And you're praying it away. But God says, that's me standing in the way. God's working it out. He's softening your heart. Yeah, I'm coming for you. Hey, Izzy. Can you hug your mom for me? Yeah. Yeah, he's working it out. He's working it out. Nay, this is what I hear what the Lord says. You know you deserve better. You want better. And you've been looking and you've been expecting and hoping for it in all the wrong places. Put your hope and your faith in man. But the Lord says he's got you. And he's going to turn the heart even of your husband. Don't give up. But what he's doing, he's waiting for you to get back in position. You're the covering of your house right now. But you're lacking in your performance. So now the house is completely uncovered. Because he's out of place. And you don't want to be in that place. The Lord says even the wife can sanctify. He's waiting for you to get back. That's greater to come. If you're here today, you don't know Jesus. I'm sorry, y'all, but I just flow in the Holy Ghost. 
and you don't know Jesus in the pardon of your sins hey y'all glory to God amen related huh family which part cousin sister auntie cousin yeah where y'all from New Orleans and where you from with that accent Kenya so you came all the way to Louisiana to find family that's how that worked or you knew family was here already y'all found family here or she married into the family ah mm-hmm. yeah that's why the spirits are kindred that's why God drew y'all together yeah yeah now here's the thing who's carrying you home ponder that for a second who's carrying who because here's the thing the one that's doing all the carrying is growing weary hey hey miss hey miss the Lord's going to strengthen her to carry you if you're here today and you don't know the Lord as your Lord and Savior today is the day today is the day daughter I hear the Lord says because of your faithfulness and your diligence you have desired much but the one thing you desire the one thing you desire above all else is more of him And he says, because of that desire, that the desires of your heart should be given unto you. Last week when you were at Caleb, this week, uh, last week really on Wednesday. As we were ministering in that time. And the word of the Lord had come. And I, I, I think I was ministering to you. And in that moment, I felt the presence of the Lord. And in that moment. I don't know if I was going down, but you reached and you supported me in my back. And in that moment, I saw a vision in the doorway, a male figure. And the Lord says, now you have achieved that place for of he that finds a wife, finds a good thing and obtains the favor of the Lord. It was in that moment that you transition into a wife position because you were there to support and that's what you've been lacking all this time he's on the way he's on the way if I be a man of God if I be a man of God it'll happen expediently and I'll be performing your wedding in a year and a half did you hear me I'll be performing your wedding in a year and a half Prophesying cards as houses and rings and things. Wedding and covenant marriages of God. Now everybody ain't gonna get married because all y'all ain't ready. 
where he at, Lord? You ain't ready. You talking to see all this? I'm, I'm fabulous. You gotta be ready. Because it ain't about all this. Blessings to you. Yeah. Amen. The tables and the tide is turning. Matter of fact, he's transitioning from the back to the front. Matter of fact, prophetically, you need to move. Because that's not your spot. take a walk I said can we take a walk what's your name Timothy it's Tim well you look different Tim I know you cut your hair yeah keep walking yeah that's so good to see you yeah he's promoting you there's more in you than the gift of song that's word that has been depositing you even at birth. I still hear the prayers of your mother praying. Yeah. I see your father's labor even in his passing over your life. Yeah, God. And that which you fear. That which you fear of becoming. The God, God says, I have created you to be it. Because you saw the struggle of your father and his labor for the ministry. You said, there'll never be me. God, I'll sing, I'll do that. But the rest of that, God, is calling you higher. The gift of song is only one facet to get you in the door. But it's the word that is in your belly. Is the word that is etched upon your heart that God says I'm coming after I'm calling you to a higher place and this is your place says the spirit of the Lord somebody put a mic in his hand put a mic in his hand put a mic in his hand We're about to call. I, I was doing the altar call. I'm sorry. I just had to be led in the Spirit of God. And I, and I kept y'all longer than I was supposed to. But He's going to close us out in song and in prayer. But let's get back to the business at hand. You're here and you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior. This is your moment. Maybe you backslidden. He's calling you back home right now. Maybe even those of you online today, you may be experiencing the same thing in your home. So I'm talking to you. There's someone online that's going to minister to you by way of Facebook, YouTube, and all that. We have moderators that's going to walk you through this process. But you're here today, and you're backslidden. And watch this. You may be even troubling in your relationship with God. So we got the backslider, we got the sinner, and we got those who are troubled. The, the relationship with God is kind of iffy. Yeah, it's, 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 it's iffy. It's touch and go. You, you understand that language? iffy it's kind of touch and go you good sometimes all right how about this a fair weather friend is that better wishy-washy 
Your relationship with God is wishy-washy. It's sometimes on, sometimes not. Kind of like this. It's kind of like that weekend lover. He answers sometimes and sometimes he don't. She come around sometimes and sometimes don't. It's kind of iffy. Maybe that's you today. Sketchy. That's another good one. That's another good one. Somebody give me another one. What? Bipolar. Your relationship with God's bipolar. Give me one more. Lukewarm. Oh, y'all, y'all too churchy. Huh? Unstable. Straddling the fence. And the other foot is on a banana peel. Y'all too churchy. Okay, all right, done. All right, so that may be you today. Okay? Watch this. God's love is available for you. God loves you yet and still. Therefore, there is no guilt nor condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Your corner mind going to tell you right now, I can do this at home. I don't have to get up in front of those people. I don't have to make a public declaration. The devil is a lie. Because Jesus said, if you are ashamed of me before that neighbor that's standing next to you and that person who is judgmental in front of you, then I'll be ashamed of you before my father. They don't have a heaven nor a hell to give you. So why are you worried about them anyway? Matter of fact, you ought to close your eyes because they don't mean nothing anyway. And as you make this decision, block them out. And if your mind tell you otherwise, do like the sermon title said. Tell it to. If that's you today, lift your hand. You need to accept Christ as your Lord and Savior. You're backslidden, coming back to get it right. Or maybe your relationship is unstable with the Lord right now. That's you today. Lift your hand. Do it now. Do it now. Do it now. Even the babies. Do it now. Come on, clap your hand for the babies responding. Who would it be? I believe there's one today that would say that's me. Who would it be? Now, you're in the house of the prophet. <laughs> what do you mean by that? They better live. Oh, you're going to point them out. I wouldn't do that to you. I wouldn't do that to y'all. Amen. If that's you today, lift your hand. If that's you today. Praise God. I see you. Amen. If you don't have a church home, last appeal. And God sent you to this place. Came by way of Google, through Facebook. We had even people come by way of TikTok. However you came this way, to find yourself in this house today. Say, oh, Lord, church is long. Well, I ain't preached in a whole month, y'all. I'm sorry. I had a lot to give you. I'm just saying. Y'all getting all of this. <laughs> y'all getting all of this. It ain't like this every week. Y'all getting all of this. <laughs> they getting it today. Tim, they getting it today. They getting all of it. Amen. So if you don't have a church home and you need one, and the Spirit of the Lord spoke to you today, that you lift your hand. Amen. And amen. And amen. Bless the Lord. Amen. Elevate. Elevate. Amen. 
Listen, we love you. We bless you. Speaks God's blessings over your life. If you're here for the first, second, or reoccurring time, I would love to shake your hand, meet you, and greet you. We are doing water baptism after this service. We have three candidates that are being water baptized outside. Just within this year alone, we have baptized close to 200 people. Now watch. Church statistics says a church that has been in existence for 10 years or less have only baptized one person a year. One person a year. And this year alone, we're going to cross and supersede 200 people. In one year's time. Amazing, amazing. One service, we baptized 73 people in one service. Amen. Amen. So you yourself, if you want to make that decision, the water is always running here at Elevate Church. You can get baptized today. We can talk, walk you through the process and do it just this quick, that quick. Amen. So God bless you for our first time guests. I would love to shake your hand, meet you, and greet you. I'll be in the foyer as Pastor Tim. Pastor Tim. Prophetically de- declaring over his life, Pastor Tim going to close us out in song and prayer.